Welcome to episode 30 of the Average Joe's MMA Show. Jeff Shanahan along with David Van Boglen. This week we are talking all UFC 200. We actually have a special guest that will be joining us in just a couple minutes. Before we get into the actual card of 200, we had some late breaking news last night. Um, late in the evening it was announced that John Jones was pulled from the co- <clears throat> excuse me, pulled from the card due to a potential USADA anti-doping violation. Um, we still haven't got a confirmation on the exact substance yet. Uh, Dana and Daniel Cormier and Jeff Nowinski spoke to the media last night. Uh, this morning, John Jones and Melky Kawa, his manager, had their own press conference at about 11.30 where John uh, addressed some things. Neither him nor Melky would go into too many details. But basically, from what we've gathered from their information, it's looking like it's uh, some kind of potential substance incident once uh, again. Metabolite. Metabolite, yeah. Uh, they, John said he couldn't pronounce the word, and, and uh, his manager said that they didn't want to go into specifics about it, but it looks like it was some form of metabolite, not yeah. a... Uh, co- like cocaine in the past, no, because that would have been more of a fine. Yep. Oh, and they wouldn't even have. Yeah, they wouldn't they even have been out of the fight because right. of it. So this is this is all stemming back to an out of competition test taken back on June sixteenth. Three weeks away. Three week. weeks ago. How does it take three weeks to get the results back? There's a, a typical urine test. If you you know, like I take at the doctor, they put a stick inside yeah. the urine. And, and it lights up a color. Right. If you're guilty, there's, there's so many things they test for. There might be one or two specific, some kind of test that they have to run it through a machine for two, three days before it can. I extract. guess. I don't know the full details on it. All, all I know is the the type that I go through. Right. And that's what you know. I, I don't have anything. I like could. This is. I could understand a week, maybe, but three. That's a that's a, that's kind of weird. In the press conference this morning. Uh, with Jones and his manager, they said that it was it was at eight thirty Pacific time. Right, so it was like eleven thirty a.m. in the east yeah. for us. So they were just getting up and getting things going, and they were contacted and told that they were going to be running the B sample yep. today. And they they and his manager said they should have results today. Yeah, Melky's expecting the results this yeah. evening. I don't know if it's possible for it to happen that quick. Um, Maybe, maybe not. Maybe they can expedite some yeah. some protocols and procedures and um, test specifically for the what it was popped for the first time. Before, when they're just t- testing a sample, they're doing so much stuff that they're trying to find everything. Now right. that they have what they're looking for, maybe they can expedite it to that particular test. Exactly. Uh, who knows? We'll find out more You know, this evening as, as the evening goes on. If we get any results on that, obviously, they'll be immediately posted up to our Facebook page. Um, want to bring on our special guest? Might as well. He's been sitting here long. Yeah. Long. So we have uh, we have our first actual interview uh, on the Average Joe's MMA show. I'd like to introduce our friend Eric Holkren of the Way of the Warrior Show, also uh, the Everything Is Marketing podcast, and also the Incredible Hulk podcast. Uh, Eric, did I cover all of your podcasts, or is there any that I'm missing? I, I think that's all I'm doing right now. I don't know from day to day. But, what what else what else am I missing? Let's see. You're a, a mass media professor. I am in fact. I'm the director of marketing for M Live here in the state of Michigan. Um, 
and then a father of two, and I have a dog. And extremely, and a drummer. Don't leave out the drummer. <laughs> Why wouldn't he be? A you're a, you're a man of many talents, but we, you know, first of all, let me say I appreciate you taking the time to uh, come on and speak with us. Uh, it's been you've been a huge influence on this show. Way of the Warrior itself has been a huge influence on this show. So we appreciate you taking the time out of out of your busy schedule to to chat with us a few minutes. You guys are far too kind. <laughs> so. Let's get your take on this whole John Jones situation. Um, since we, uh, since you guys recorded yesterday and then the show was posted, or was it Wednesday and the show was posted yesterday, so you haven't really had a lot of chance to, to speak or on this situation. And uh, I noticed you've been kind of quiet on, on your uh, social media accounts about it. So, Well, because I've been quiet for a number of reasons. One, because I don't think that there's anything to be gained by piling on. Right. And... Um, and I don't know that we should hold the guy accountable for the things he did in the past, saying that he's guilty in the future. Because we do have two cases, and I'm not saying that this is true or false, but I like to see all the stuff before I make an actual decision. We have the Tim Means case, and we have the Yoel Romero case. If okay. you don't know about either of those cases, they both took supplements that were over-the-counter that aren't regulated by the FDA that had performance-enhancing drugs metabolites in them, and they were unaware of them, and that they since got their bans reversed because they actually took something without knowing what was in it. Right. So the sport, the sport as a whole has to tackle that issue. This, if the B sample comes back tonight and it's positive, this, this is a two-year ban. There's nothing worth talking about at this point. Um, and at that point, I, I think he needs to own thought press conference was super depressing today. Yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was a little weird that he didn't come out of the gate and say that he didn't do it. I thought that was interesting. Um, you know, his first thing he said is, I'm sorry to the fans. Right. I'm sorry to the Fosquitos. I'm sorry to Daniel Cormier. He did not. It was um, Malik that had to say, uh, we're here to say that we didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, he I didn't. thought that was a little. He didn't actually. Weird. He didn't actually come out and say anything in regards to it till I think it was Chael that brought it up. Yeah, I found that pretty so, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I don't know what there is to make of this, and, and I know that there's some people on Twitter that are asking, like, why did it take so long? And, and the thing about USADA is that a three-week turnaround is actually pretty quick for them. It's usually five to six weeks, so a June 16th to July 3rd is actually fairly quick for them, or July 5th, I guess they would have notified the UFC and then turn six and then turn that around for all of us to figure it out when John Jones starts talking about it. Right. Um, the more twofold. A, if the B sample comes back and it's negative, or I, it's negative, right? We have a different. We're having a different discussion. When does he get reinstated? What happened? And who knew what when? If it's positive, he's suspended for two years. At that point, I would guess Daniel Cormier would retire before John Jones comes back. Yeah, I think I think if he gets the two-year ban, we never see the Jones Cormier. Well, at 37 years old, Cormier's not the youngest cat no. in, the, in the cage. So uh, if it's a two-year ban, by the time he comes back, Cormier will be pushing 40. Right. And he's already got uh, a very niche spot as an announcer. He's got backup plans. He makes a lot of money already. Um, I, I don't see I don't see Cormier holding that grudge for another two years and then watching it to... To yeah. try it again when he's forty, and John will still be a young man. At yeah, that point. I mean, John will still only you know just be getting into his thirties. Right. So, I could see Daniel holding that grudge for long enough just because it's well, his legacy. 
But, but yeah, like you said, uh, I mean, oh, we might have lost you. Little technical difficulties. We yeah. lost the cat. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to call him back real quick. We had a little technical difficulties, but we were talking about uh, about the potential of John losing the two years and whether or not uh, Daniel would would probably be retired by then. Do you, do you think if he gets the full two band, uh, do he uh, would he get the uh, would he actually try to come back, or do you think that he would just walk away from the sport? I know what he said well, this I, morning, but right, but I. I mean, I don't think he walks away because I think he's too prideful to walk away. Yeah. I just wonder how much the sport will have changed at that point because let's, let's be honest, guys. He did not look great against OSP. No. And, you know, as I said this week, I think he looks thinner and trimmer, so they cut out a lot of the powerlifting. Yep. It was a good call on their behalf, but he didn't look great. No. Um, and a two-year two layoff, you're going to see guys, and you may laugh at me right now, but you're going to see guys like Sage Northcutt become these – superhuman MMA fighters because they're 12 and right. they have all of this time to suck up all this information that he's been sitting at home. You know, he gets to train, but he doesn't get to compete. And there, there's a big difference there. Right. So I don't know what he does, but I mean, it's not like you're going to see him in Bellator or world series of fighting. He would come back to the UFC if that's what he's going to do. I, I think the better, you, you know, the better play, the better play for him. Um, Cause you could play off the heel a, a much easier and make more money would be go to WWE. That's what I would do. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it would make sense to to play that and get you know get some money while you're going. I'm sure Brock can get his foot in the door. I'd be interested to see if the two year ban comes back. Does he just make the jump to heavyweight when he does return, or does he try to go back for his light heavyweight gold? But that's all things that all unfold as as these next few weeks and days happen. I just can't believe this close to an event. Everything was running so smooth and perfect that this happens two days before the weigh-ins. We spoke on it last week, that, uh, and I did, actually. Sorry about that. Yeah, uh, I, said, I was looking at the card and the amount of talent that's on it, and I made a point to say, you know, we, we've been lucky because we haven't had any injuries. We've had no dropped fights. We've had nothing. And then a week later, we miss we miscue everything, and, and we lost our main event. Yes, but, I mean, there is some exciting stuff floating out there. The The opportunity for D.C. and Anderson Silva is interesting. Very um, interesting. However, me enjoying the greatest MMA Cinderella story in the history of the sport, I'm kind of excited that Michael Bisping is willing to take this fight on two days' notice. I am too. I am too. Absolutely. Um, I, and that was the other thing I was going to ask you. Um, there's been a lot of potential, you know, rumors flying around of potential uh, opponents. From the likes of Rashad Evans to Michael Bisbing wanted to step up on short notice. Uh, Ryan Bader's name's been tossed around a little bit. And the other one that I saw just before we, uh, just a little while ago, was Anderson Silva's name's being uh, talked about as well. Yep. Get, uh, and that, just, seems like, that seems like the closest one. Um, but he just had his gallbladder removed. I think he would look terrible, but the name would at least bring people into the pay-per-view. Right. At this point, what they want to do. Yeah. And it's going to be a three. It's going to be three rounds versus five rounds. I think it's at two twenty or two twenty-five. So it it obviously becomes much much less interesting. Um, but it still gets Daniel Cormier a fight because I think you owe him that at this point. Absolutely. Yeah. This was going to be a major payday for him. Um, main eventing the biggest pay-per-view that they've ever had. 
And it's hard to say what kind of compensation he'll receive now that he's completely off the card. Uh, Dana White said yesterday at the, the, the interview that if it's a lower talent guy who isn't making a lot of money, uh, they'll compensate him in some manner just so he doesn't have to go completely out of pocket for training, nutrition, and everything else, uh, and then be completely bankrupt for it. They would compensate him at least to show money or whatever it was. Uh, he said, but Daniel Cormier makes a lot of money, so it doesn't even know if he's going to compensate him anything for missing this. So this is going to be a big, big meal ticket to miss. Yeah, it's a huge payday for him to miss. So, I mean, if I'm Daniel Cormier, I definitely want to get this fight. I just For sure. And, I mean, you know, I, I know he's not the most interesting person to move up, but, I mean, the fact that Musasi is ready to do this, you know, he's already there. He's already yeah, in shape. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a fight you can lose and put him on that fight, and then everybody is happy, right? Absolutely. Because it becomes interesting. Mustafi's a serial killer. Uh, it becomes dangerous for Daniel Cormier, which I think is intriguing, and builds to if he beats Mustafi or if he beats Anderson or if he beats Bisping. It just builds this legacy. And at some point, someone needs to show the man the respect that he deserves in that division. And I don't mean in a Chris Weidman way, because we saw how that ended. Right. Um, but, you know, DC has not been dethroned yet, except for the likes of John Jones, who can't get it together at this point. Absolutely. What was, what was your initial reaction when the news broke? Was it just kind of like, oh, great, here we go again? Well, it was, you know, it was interesting because I got up. This, I missed it last night. I was asleep when it happened. So right. I got up this morning. And, you know, so you're having, to be quite honest with you, I'm having mixed emotions because I'm seeing the story out of Minnesota and this happening at the same time. So my brain's trying to figure out, yeah. you know, which one of these stories do I want to wrap my head around. But when I saw it, it's like, it makes sense. He's, he's been on a destructive path for a long time. Right. Um, and, the, you know, the fact that this would chase him down to what should be his swan song seems... Apropos, I would not call it justice. I think he's certainly paid for his sins at this point, but seems apropos in a, in a guy who just cannot seem to keep the, the car on the road. Yeah, to keep, well, and cars and John Jones are just kind of right. something that yeah. shouldn't be combined anyway. But yeah, it's no, probably you're... A bad, it's probably a bad analogy, and I apologize. <laughs> no, it might be yeah. a perfect analogy no, for John anyway. I mean, my, my initial reaction, and I'm, I'm up until this point, I've been a, a non-apologetic John Jones fan. Do I agree with the dumb things that he has done? No, but I absolutely can say, you know, the man has at least paid his debt for the things that he's done. But this this one was kind of just like another blow to me, and, and I had basically washed my hands. Like, I was like, all right, John, even if you get exonerated, man, I don't know if I can come back from this. It's just too much. It's too many dumb things over and over again. It is, it, you know, and, and it's, it's really unfortunate. I think at the, at the root of it, as you guys said, uh, it's really unfortunate for Cormier because, you know, there's been a lot put into this fight that he just doesn't get to see to fruition. Yeah, he's, he's the biggest loser out of all of this. I mean, uh-huh. Daniel, sure. Daniel is... Us too. Well, fans. yeah, as the fans too, but I mean, Daniel already twice in a year now has been screwed out of this fight one way or another, you know. I mean, the injury... Before and now, John. I mean, technically, if you want to go three times because of John's accident right. prior to that, so sure. I it's got. I mean, if you're Daniel Cormier, you just have to, the frustration level has to be just immense right now. And I, you know, and I guess I would argue to you guys, unless you guys are doing two a days for eight straight weeks preparing for UFC 200, Daniel Cormier still lost bigger than the fans did. Absolutely, I agree. Well, sure, I agree. 
Um, so let's let's get into a little. Let's talk to you a little bit about the actual card and the fights that we will see. Um, yeah. What what fights are you most excited about? Uh, I'm super excited about Diego and Joe Lozon. I think that's you know that's going to be fireworks for two guys who um, have a lot to lose in that fight. I'm fascinated by Brock Lesnar as I have been his entire career. Right. Uh, I've been anxious to see Amanda Nunes in the bright light of a title shot. So I love the Misha Tate Amanda Nunes fight. Um, I don't know about tonight. I mean, you know, RDA and Alvarez is really not as interesting to me as Gedalia and Jinjerchek is. Uh, yeah, and then I would, you know, yep. I, you know, I would say the Travis Brown Kane fight has some implications that I, I want to pay attention to, but I don't know that I'm super excited about either one of them just because one seems like he cheats a lot and the other <laughs> one seems like he can't stay healthy. Um, <laughs> So, you know, overall, though, I mean, if you look at the, all three cards together, you have nine champions and former champions. You have five title fights. I mean, if you're an MMA fan and you're not excited about this weekend, you are paying attention to the wrong parts yeah. of the sport. Yeah, it's time to start watching tennis or something. Or golf or whatever. You or golf, to. yeah, whatever, whatever other sport that gets you excited. But, yeah, like you said, if you can't get excited about these three nights of fights, then you're not a fight, you're fan. Not a fight fan. You got no business. Have, have you spoken to Ken today since uh, – since his boy Brock Lesnar is now the headliner, I'm just interested um, in. I, I have I have not because he would be insufferable in that regard. <laughs> I didn't really want to hear about. It. That was my first my first initial thought was oh shit here we go again and then when I heard Brock was going to be the headliner I'm like man I wonder how Ken's reacting to this right now when he gets up. Well, I mean, wait, wait till Sunday morning when when Brock beats Mark Hunt then he'll oh, be totally insufferable. Oh, he's so. gonna be he's gonna be terrible to deal with. Yeah, it's going to be a fun uh, fun show for you next week if Brock wins this Absolutely. fight. For sure, for sure. For, for the for our fans, All right, guys, I'm going to go. Uh, I got to go grab some dinner. Absolutely, um, man. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much for the time tonight, Eric. We appreciate it. And uh, for those of you guys that don't listen, make sure you're going out and listen to the Way of the Warrior show. Eric and Ken do a phenomenal job every week. And uh, if it wasn't for and, them, uh, we wouldn't have next, this show. Next. Yeah, and next week we'll break down the fight between Conor McGregor and uh, Daniel Cormier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw the uh, the three way dance you proposed on Ryan's status earlier. Yeah. I kind of like it. Yeah, I would watch that in a heartbeat. Eric, once again, right, thanks, man, for taking the time out to talk with us, and uh, we appreciate much. it. You got it. Enjoy the weekend. Absolutely, you too. Thanks. Oh, it was great to have. Yeah, on. that's Eric Holkern from the Way of the Warrior Show, and. Uh, like I said to him, he's me in particular has been a huge influence, and uh, so I'm very appreciative. Well, yeah, on both of us too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, being one of the deciding inspirations to get this thing going mm-hmm. in the first place, I mean, they really kind of laid the foundation for what style, uh, you know, uh, not necessarily that big Joe Rogan stage, right? Kind of a more of a localized. Yeah, it laid the foundation for what we accomplished now as well i mean eric's been doing this for six years now there are well up over 300 episodes and i mean he's been doing it with a different i mean him and ken now have been doing it for a couple of years um but he's gone through a lot of lineup changes and it's it's consistently just been a great show yeah. and i appreciate it and I, I appreciate him because he's been putting up with me for a long time <laughs> if you go on to my twitter feed i mean if you especially like the last few months it's been kind of but you go back into my twitter feed most of my tweets 
are to Eric about MMA. Like, I would just get on Twitter and we would just sit and bullshit. And if I had an opinion on something, I would tweet him about it and get his reaction and we would have conversations of it. And so I have a lot of respect for the man just just in the fact that he answers everybody on social media and does a really good job, doesn't blow you off. That takes a lot of time. Yeah. And he's a busy guy. It's not like right. he's just it's not like he's just Joe Blow who has nothing going on. I mean exactly. he only ran down part of his credentials. The man is is extremely busy, so the schedule he carries and maintains a family at the same time makes me dizzy. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. Um, very good insight, uh, Eric, on uh, the John Jones situation. Um, you, you made a good point that made me kind of take a step back in the fact that I, when I first heard of this news, when I first, let me just preface this, when I first heard this news, I was in the hospital, I was passing two or three kidney stones, yeah. I was in a mental yeah, you were You were grumpy. And I was not fun to be around, so my brother Jordan messaged me and said, Jones not 200. I lost it. I yep. like, you know, it was like looking at the old Looney Tunes cartoons where they're, you know they're swearing, but they only put the little symbols above their head. I was cursing symbols above my head. I mean, it was ridiculous. I was pissed. I'm like, I'm done with John. I can't take his crap anymore. This is ridiculous. I went back today on our page and said, if it turns out to be clean, I'll retract every statement yep. that I said because I had a chance to kind of Calm down. Yeah, I, and, and I, I have think to. it properly. And he's he's right. What if it comes back? The B sample comes back, and it's fine. What if they retest everything and they say we screwed we up? We screwed up because they can. And they anything, and, and, you know, up. he brought up great points with the Tim Means and the Yoel Romero yeah. situations. But it's it's something we've harped on many many times on this show. Know what the fuck you're putting yeah. in your body. But, I mean, John stands firmly by that he has not taken, you know, he's taken the same supplements that he's been taking his entire career. He's a very, I've said from the moment that this broke that I did not believe that it was an actual PED he was taking. Right, yeah. I have stood firm by that stance. I do believe it's another situation of a a supplement issue. I don't think John Jones is taking... Winstrol or no, whatever, Angolone. Yeah, he's not on the gas. I don't. I, I don't think that it's that case at all. We've never seen too much. Of, I mean, even the, when he was power lifting, it wasn't a drastic change to his body. No, it was over the course of a long time. Yeah, and it, it wasn't like he got Bobby Lashley fucking huge. Right. He just he took. Toned up. He toned up the body that he already had. I, I, I do stand by John in the fact that I don't believe he's been taking any PEDs. I and I will 100% retract my statement and eat every bit of crow sure. if the man comes back dirty for an actual PED yeah. that is not a supplement issue. I You know, you and I's conversation last night, we were both pretty heated and upset about it. I, I'm still, as a fan, I'm pretty upset just because I'm so tired of this guy not being able to stay out of his own way. And I'm a huge John fan. Huge. Unapologetically, I stood by him through the Coke. Stood by him through the first DUI. Stood by him through this last hit and run. I am a fan. I love watching the guy fight. He's one of the most exciting fighters I've I've ever seen. Probably the most gifted talent. Yeah. Naturally talented and gifted and innovative fighters that we have seen in, in our generation. It's just saddening to me that the man cannot stay out of his own fucking way. If... I'm gonna. I'm going to take the stance of right now, and just say a few things on the 
uh, and the assumption that it is dirty. Again, like you said, if it's not, I'll retract it all. If it's dirty, the amount of money he has cost the UFC up to this point is staggering. Oh, man. And now this particular point, the biggest show they've ever, ever put on, losing their main event, Jones and Cormier, is another gigantic financial mm-hmm. hit. Um, thank God for... They had the chance to put Brock on that show. Yeah, thank God this was a really deep card. There's a lot of great fights on the card, but you put Aldo and Edgar in that main event, it doesn't it sell doesn't like sell. Cormier and Jones. And Misha you know, and Nunes isn't uh, selling either. Uh, Hendricks, Dillashaw, any other former champion, because those are both former champions that have headlined yeah. pay-per-views. You well, put them on, and Dillashaw you has it. Well, he has. <laughs> Not in a long time. <laughs> well, it's been, yeah. And I think that was more of Hen and Brow than TJ Dillashaw, but yeah. um, even so, you can't put any of those guys or girls on the main event and expect to draw Jones Cormier money. No. Uh, so the financial side of it, where when pay-per-views are concerned, they just took a big hit. Right. I mean, there's just a lot, you know, Dana's, Dana's suffering because of it, the Fertitta brothers are suffering because of it, any potential group that has claimed they've bought the UFC... Now suffer. I mean, everybody suffers because of another thing that he's done. Right. I don't put up with it anymore. I if it comes back, it's dirty. He has a two-year ban. I sign his release papers. I say even after two years, we can't trust you anymore. Yep. You've had enough chances. Goodbye. Yeah. I I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset if they did that at all, at all. Let's talk some fights that are actually going to happen. All right. So our new main event. Uh, is going to be a three-round fight instead of the traditional five-round main event. They took the co-headliner and moved Mr. Brock Lesnar up to the headlining spot to fight against Mark Hunt. So now Brock, UFC 100. And UFC, UFC 200. 200. He's going to have... He's going to put out some big, big shoes to fill if wants to beat those records. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've said from the beginning, I don't like this fight for Brock. I, I respect the fact that Brock took the fight... Because he could have easily just said, give me a tomato can yeah. and let me go in there and punch his face out. And instead they said, well, listen, this is what we got. Here's who's available. We'll give you Mark Hunt. <laughs> and he said, okay, sure, uh, fine. Uh, not, not Bigfoot Silva. Yeah. Yeah, don't let me beat up Bigfoot Silva or, you know, Stefan Struve or <laughs> any, anybody. No, 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 no. You know, you know reinstate Frank Mir. Let him and Frank Mir fight again. It's fine. No, he took the he took the killer, man. He took the killer, a scary, scary killer. Um, God, man, I don't like this fight for Brock. But if Brock wins this fight, there's going to be riots in the streets. Oh my gosh, that's going to be insane! And the right now, WWE is distancing themselves from Brock while he does this. They're not promoting him nope. on TV or anything like that. He wins. You better believe they're going to pick up every single scrap they can mm-hmm. of that victory and use it for the next two or three years uh, on their television programming. Now, before I, I pick a winner, I share a lot of Brock data on Absolutely. our page because I am a huge Brock Lesnar fan. As am I. I own his book. Uh, I, I, I read all his news articles. Uh I follow him because he doesn't use a computer, but he has someone that does it for him. Right. Brock just moved. 
to Canada. Yep, out in the middle of Saskatchewan. Yeah, and Paul Heyman did a Heyman's Hustle and said this. He said, when he lived in northern Minnesota, there wasn't a person near him for 15 miles in any direction, and he thought that was too close. So he moved to the boondocks of Saskatchewan, where there isn't anyone for 50 miles. And now he feels a little bit better. There's nobody around there. No, there's zero cell service. There's no cable. There's no phone lines, nothing except for one. He had to pay like ten grand to get this one hard-lined, uh, hardwired phone line into his garage. And the only time he's out, he says, okay, call me at one o'clock central time or whatever. I'll be out there. If I don't hear from you by 115, I'm going back into the farm and you won't get me for another day. <laughs> it's the only communication to the outside world he has is one hard-lined phone in the garage. No. So, does he like people? No. no. He does not. He hates people. He does not want to see. He doesn't. He, 15 miles away, he can see someone. He says, it's too close. I can see their, their barn or something. So he moves. With one line. This is ridiculous, man. Yeah, that is crazy. It's, it's nuts how much he just does not want to be around people. No. He said he's built to be in a ring or in a cage. He's not built to do anything else. Not drive to or from. Not do media. Not do talk. You know. I'll do my performance in the cage and then let me go home and, and leave me alone. Yep. So I already know your pick. Yeah. Uh, we know you're picking Brock. I'm going to pick with my head instead of my heart in this one. And I'm going to go with Mark Hunt, the logical choice. Yeah. But will I be disappointed if Brock Lesnar destroys Mark Hunt? No. Um, I will go ape shit and probably run up and down my neighborhood screaming and yelling Brock's back. But This is the only fight on the card of picking with my heart and not my head. Okay. And uh, my my head tells me Hunt is going to cream him. And it's going to be, you know, you can't have a guy that hasn't fought in five years come in and beat up a guy like Mark Hunt. It's ridiculous for me to think that. So my my, my pick is not, you know, I, I went back and forth. I Even on my notes, I picked Mark Hunt uh, as I was writing it down. But I, I got to stay with Brock. Brock's my guy. No matter what happens, if he loses, he still wins. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a winner no matter what. Exactly. He's getting paid, and who knows? Maybe they can work up some kind of deal where he gets to fight a couple times a year. I'd love to see that. Me too. Even, I mean, even once a year. Yeah. One time a year. Fine. That'd be great for me. You know. So I'm, I'm going to take Brock, and I'm going to hold on to that, and really hope that he pulls this one out. I can make that Brock and Fader fight happen. I'm fine with that. Um, we have some fan picks. Yeah. Do we want to you want to go fight by fight with the fan picks too then? Yeah, we can do that. Okay. So Brock Lesnar and Mark Hunt, we had four people write in. First of all, we had Ryan Dempsey, the aforementioned Ryan Dempsey, yes. executive producer of the Way of the Warrior show and friend of the Average yeah. Joe's MMA show. All around great. We, we we really appreciate a guy like Ryan. He's smart. I consider I fancy myself a smart man. This that guy makes me look like an idiot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you and I have they a lot. You can call the round, mm-hmm. you know, from eight years back. And right. Say, oh, this part ended up this round. Well, it's like, Jesus, dude. It's like Eric said, man, because, I mean, I've known of Ryan for several years being a fan of the WoW show, and mm-hmm. he's always on there. So Ryan and I have had some spirited debates at times, and, you know, he became a fan of the Average Joe's MMA show, and listened to, you know, his first episode he listened to, messaged me right away, and... Told us, you know, told us how much he likes the show yeah. and immediately corrected my stats. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to chat about that and uh, hopefully one day, you know, because he, he lives out in Canada, if he can get him into Michigan, 
We'll definitely have him on. Yeah, we'll go Facebook Live with it. And, you know, we'll figure a way we'll out. We'll have guess. a lot of fun with it. Yeah. So, we've got Ryan. we got Joey Lanagast. Joey Lanagast. Who is a, a local drummer, a great friend great of mine. Great friend of both of them. And yeah. lover of MMA. Yep. Your brother. we got my brother, Jordan, who, uh, who grew up more of a WWE fan. Right. But now that he's gotten a little older, he's almost 21. Um, he's progressing into the MMA world yep. and starting to enjoy it more. So I'm glad to see that progression through him. And then our very own resident yes. knucklehead, who we wanted to have back on for this special 200 episode, but uh, due to some family time family constraints, obligations. obligations, we could not get him back on. But he will be back, much to who knows whether you people would be happy or <laughs> whatever. He's here to irritate you. But uh, our, our own Everett Hawkins... Originate one of the original three of the average Joe's yes. MMA show. He uh, he's one of our pick as well, and probably yeah. going to give a lot of picks that are going to make everyone want to bang their heads into the wall and go, "Why the fuck is so?" Of everybody, if anyone is wrong, the ones we will nitpick on the most is going to be Everett. <laughs> even, even if he's right, because this was his idea. Well, I'm going to yeah. give the man yeah. credit because originally his idea was, was is he wanted to do Everett's picks. Have us read them off, talk shit about him because he wasn't going to be here, and make fun of him as the picks went on. And I'm still going to probably make fun of you as your picks go on. But uh, we were just going to do this little segment with Everett's picks on our own, and and Ryan wanted to make a little crowd participation thing. Yeah. So and you and I both were like, "Cool, this is a great idea." And a couple other people jumped on, but Everett, this was originally Everett's idea. So I'm going to give credit where credit is due. He had an idea once. He had it one, one good <laughs> idea for once in his life. Good job, Everett. Yeah, so uh, this first fight, since I picked Brock, we got two guys that picked Brock with me, and that's Joey and Everett. They're both pulling for Team Brock with myself. Uh, we're on board with Brock. Mm-hmm. We're hoping that he is the wherewithal to take the man off his feet and drop those lunchbox Ham hock. Oh my god! That was something we... The man was a 4X glove before. (laughs) And somehow they don't fit anymore. Too small. Too small, but they can't get him a 5. Right. So they've spent the last four days trying to stretch them. They're stretching out his gloves just like to get those... He put them on and he said, I don't know if tape's going to work with these. Got any fives? Yeah, he tried them on barehanded. No tape, no nothing else. And it's it's too small. Too small. 4X is too small. Oh my god! <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so Joey and Everett are jumping on the Lesnar yeah. bandwagon with you. Your brother and Ryan are with me and picking Mark Hunt. I split down the middle there. Yep. Moving on to the next fight, a fight I'm actually pretty excited about. Very much so. Champion in the bandweight division, Misha Tate's going to defend her title against Amanda Nunes. The number one, four ranked fighter. I'm very excited for this fight. I'm very excited to see if, like Eric said, how Amanda does in the in the big fight. We haven't ever seen her in a big fight like this. We know Misha obviously is a game opponent. Yeah, she's fought those championship fights a few times. Pulling out that last minute, you know, the last fourth, fifth round upset victory over. For Holly Holm to capture the title, I mean, she's been in a lot of wars. She's faced a lot of adversity. She knows how to handle it. So I'm very interested to see Amanda's how Amanda gets in the cage and how she reacts to this fight. Her poise 
Thank you. That's the word I'm looking for. This is what I'm looking at the most because we know Misha has it. She doesn't panic. She stays on her game plan. You know, she's very calm in the face of danger. You know, she was down three rounds to one, whatever it was. Yeah, it was three to, to one Holly. going into that fourth or into the fifth yeah. for sure. I mean, she, she didn't panic. She held on to that RNC. Even though Holly was kicking, she still stayed calm. Yep. She knew she had it. I mean, Misha has more poise than any fighter in that women's division mm-hmm. that I've seen to date, at least. In the face of adversity, I would would yeah. not disagree at all. You know, we see what happened when Ronda Rousey gets kicked once. Mm-hmm. She falls apart. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Holly's done well in that situation. You know, she never she never tapped when she no, was on there. No, she went out. No, she, she went out like a warrior. She uh, she didn't get scared at, at the first sight of you know uh, having your neck choked and just I quit. I quit. You know, she stuck through it. So she got some poise. I was gonna say. I would say that was probably the only real adversity and adverse situation that Holly had been in. That's I mean, a, that's yeah, and it, you know, yeah. I mean, she's had some some bad fights, like the Rocky Pennington fight that I didn't think her performance was real great, but it definitely wasn't you know her being in any kind of danger. No. She just didn't look that great in the fight. So I am I'm very curious about Amanda's poise and and how she's going to handle the the spotlights of being in a co-main event for a title. And then she also has to do with the onslaught of Misha Tate, who is very much a. Uh, put her head down and charge and rush and I throw. And, you know. I don't know if that's smart for her with the power that Amanda News well, has in her hand. Power? Yeah, uh, I don't know either. You come bum rushing at her, you're gonna eat a fist. Yeah, I, I mean, you get clipped if nothing else. She you know. she hits as hard as anybody in the division. There might. I don't think there's anyone that has. I mean, with the amount of fights she has, you know, 16 fights deep with a 75 percent knockout yeah, ratio for I, victories. I mean, Batch maybe, but Batch had fought nothing but tomato cans. Right. At least Amanda's fought quality opponents. We've been pulling for Amanda uh, Nunes to get, you know, we've been pulling for someone other than Holly Ronda Misha yeah. to be on top, and Amanda Nunes was She's just right been at the top. Quietly of sitting there yeah. and been passed over so many times. Holly, uh, I mean, well, you can even go back to the Betch fight. I mean, when when Ronda fought Betch and Amanda was well more deserving of that title Far shot. More. Yeah. Um, I Definitely. mean, how when she. You know, Holly got the title shot. Amanda was still sitting there just as qualified in a title shot as she was before. Right. And then the same thing when Misha got the shot against against her. So, I definitely think it's Amanda's time. I think she's well deserving of this title shot. I'm just very interested to see how she reacts. But, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to pick Amanda News for the upset. Not a bad pick. No. no it's not a bad pick. And it's not anything against Misha. I, I don't. I think Misha is a very good champion, and I was harping and screaming that she was going to win that title in that fight against Holly Holm. I just felt like her wrestling was better. I just don't know if she can handle the power that Amanda Nunes brings. Um, I'm going to Misha Tate because Misha Tate has had some fair success against strikers, mm-hmm. and... Amanda Nunes is not a striker like she's not like a traditional kickboxer like Holly. Right. She brings more grit and dirty boxing to the table, which is hard to defend against. Um, if Misha if Misha tries to play that game like she did with Holly on the feet, though, she's gonna probably get put to sleep. She's gonna be good. Yeah, she's gonna be snoring. Because and Amanda's got what's her takedown defense? She is she averages she averages more takedowns a fight than Misha does. Her takedown accuracy is better. 
And she's got a better takedown defense yeah. than Misha. So that's kind of scary if you're Misha. Yeah, some of those stats are, are hard because Misha's fought Ronda right. a couple times and, and she never could take her down. No. Or anything. So, I mean, that kind of talent, I mean, those kind of numbers are... I mean, they're very close. Skewed, it's, it's a 2.1 to 2.22 takedown average. Misha's accuracy is 34%, while Amanda's is 38 And, you know, she's a 53% takedown defense compared to Amanda's 60 It's not like they're staggeringly no. different numbers, but it's something to consider. It is. And Misha's fought... Especially with Misha's ground game being her bread and butter. Yeah, she's fought enough fighters to... To have higher stats, I think, but the quality fights that she's had, you know, Ronda's and Holly's and championship fights, um, not necessarily good for numbers, uh, aside from a win-loss column, and she's had five losses to, to Amanda's four, so they're both, you know, they're both used to winning, they're both used to losing, they're both, so neither one of them are afraid, I don't think either of them are afraid to take a loss, uh, if it means that they have to go take a, a chance in the cage to get a win. Yep. So, uh, I'm sticking with Misha. Yep. That's and the consensus pick for... I think everybody's sticking with Misha. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Will, I will Joey, not. Ryan, Jordan, everyone's sticking with Misha Tate. It's another situation where I, I definitely think the champ is more than capable, and it's her fight. It's her fight to lose. I just... If Amanda shows up the way that I've seen her fight, I don't think Misha can beat her. A lot of these fights. It's a it's a big what if. Flips. Yep, it's a big what if, and I'm I'm going to take the step out on the ledge and just and just go ahead and, and pick the upset. Not a bad call. No. Uh, third, well, supposed to be a third title fight of the night. Our second title fight, uh, number for the interim flyweight title, former champ feather. I'm sorry, feather. Thank you. you. Got it. Thank you. Interim featherweight title. Former champ Jose Aldo is taking on number two Frankie Edgar in a rematch where uh, the last time they fought, Jose Aldo won by decision. And he was the champion at the time. And he was the champion at the time and had not been KO'd in 13 seconds. Yeah. I'm... I don't... This fight is... It's not a coin flip fight. It's not a coin flip fight. I, I think... Up and down, Frankie's going to win this fight. I have Frankie as well. Not because I think Jose Aldo is a chump. Nope. Um, I just don't... I don't know... I just, I think I think it's Frankie's time. I think he's put in a lot of effort. I've seen some of those embedded series in his training and what he's gone through and, and how confident he is. And I'm confident in his skills and his heart and his toughness. Uh, He's not going to be eaten alive with those leg kicks like a lot of cats do. He's going to be too fast for that. Uh, I think Jose's weapons are more nullified against Edgar as opposed to some of the other fighters that he's fought. Like Edgar has his number, and he pulls off his victory and becomes the interim champion. I agree. I think. I think if it goes, if it goes into the championship rounds, this is Frankie's fight. I think Frankie is a, has come. Along a long, quite a ways since they fought last. Oh, night and day. Yeah, it's it's night and day, and you give Frankie an opportunity to figure out what he did wrong against you, and it just never ends well. Ask Gray Maynard, ask BJ Penn. I like Frankie Edgar's attitude more than I like Jose Aldo's. I do too. Towards training and fighting, you know, 
Aldo goes in there believing he's the best. Edgar goes in there fighting to become the best. Yep. And I'll take the hungry man over the slovenly man any day. And I mean, the power Frankie's displayed lately, that's a scary thing for Jose Aldo. If you're Jose Aldo who's coming off of getting clipped in 13 seconds and put to sleep, that's a scary dude to be standing across the cage from. It is. It is. It's not a, it's not a warm-up fight. No. So uh, in our in our pick contest, uh, we got Joey Ryan and Jordan picking Edgar, and Everett stepping out on the limb and taking Aldo. I don't think so, but could prove us wrong. Yeah, I mean anything can happen. Jose could could bounce right back from that loss. Who knows? He but could, I'm. Lesnar can win. Everett can yeah, get, everything. Everett can get a fight right. Yeah, every- anything can happen. <laughs> Never mind, I'm not going to touch that one. Not going to touch that one. Um, Let's keep it moving. The last, potentially the last fight on the main card. Either way, it's going to be the first fight of the main card, whether or not they add the the Cormier fight to it or not. Heavyweights, Cain Velasquez, who's coming back off of an injury, taking on Travis Brown. It's a battle of some big boys. It is. Um, Yeah, six foot seven. Travis Brown with a, a bit of a weight advantage. Yep. A bit of a height advantage. Probably a bit of a strength advantage. But you have a tenacious grinder who can't, even in five rounds, can't be gassed. No. Except when he fights in Mexico. Except when he fights at high elevation, doesn't yeah, train. Doesn't train properly. But we're not getting that this time. We're in Vegas, so that's off the window. Yep. Kane at sea level... Is why it's why they call him Cardio Kane because he doesn't gas out, and I don't think Travis Brown has that kind of gas. No, I don't either. You know, by the time the third round comes around, if it goes that long, Travis Brown is going to be looking like Jello trying to move in a swimming pool. He's not going to be fluid. He's not going to have any starch behind any of the punches. No, and uh, I mean Travis hasn't exactly been really impressive since he left Jackson Wake and yeah. and went with, with Edmund and Ronda's team. Not surprising. Not surprising at all because Edmund's a bum. And Jackson Wake is outstanding. Right. They're some of the greatest coaches you can find. Uh, who's your pick for this one? I'm going with Kane. I am as well. Uh, I'm going with Kane because of the reasons that I listed. Cardio, gas tank, grind, relentlessness, won't heal... He'll attack Brown as soon as he finds that range. It may take him a minute and a half or so to find that range. And as soon as he does, he's going to put him against the cage. He's going to grind him down. He's going to get him on his back, and he's going to pound him to death. Yep. Choke him up. So he's just going to be relentless and not give Brown a chance to square up and unleash those longer arms and probably stronger arms. Yeah, I mean. He's not going to let him do it. Charles Brown is a very powerful guy. Oh, absolutely. And he's a big guy, too. He's just a big, strong guy. He's got those vicious elbows that he'll drop on you if you try to get a takedown on him. So, I, I'm interested. It's a very interesting fight. I am going to stick with Kane. I just think Kane overall has more weapons. And I think he's that hunger for that title. Travis has never tasted that. Kane knows what it's like to be the champion and lose it. So, I, I'm leaning with Kane. Our fan picks uh, agreeing with us. Ryan and Jordan. Excellent. Taking Travis Brown as Joey and Everett. So misery loves company. 
Sorry, boys. I'm not sorry. Not sorry at all. <laughs> Moving on to the FS1 prelims. That coveted uh, main spot on the FS1 prelims is going to be featuring Alpha Cat Zingano taking on a returning Venezuelan vixen, Juliana Pena. Number three and number five, respectively, in the women's bantamweight division. Uh, Pena, obviously, we know, has been... uh, In the times that she's fought, she's been on and off with some injuries and stuff, but she's been pretty impressive in her UFC stay since winning the Ultimate Fighter. We know Kat uh, was amazingly impressive until she made that stupid mistake against Ronda and was tapped yeah. out in that weird arm bar, but this is going to be her first first fight since that fight, right? February of 2015 was yeah. her last fight, I believe. It's been about a year and a half. A year and five months, four months, something like that. Whereas Pena fought, last fight she's had about eight months eight ago. Eight months ago, and I think that was her return from the knee injury. If I'm correct. Yeah, yeah, that was in October of last year. So I mean, a little bit. Oh of yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, she got hurt right after winning the Ultimate Fire. Had a little bit of a layoff, couple two years almost, and then she came back in April of 2015 and got a victory, and then beat Jessica I at the Cormier uh, Rumble fight in October. And Kat's been out for for a long time. Cat's Cat's been out for February fifteen. February fifteen was her last fight, and that's going to play a part two. Uh, no, uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah February, February twenty fifteen. Yeah. So she's she's been out for just under a year now. That's oh no, just over a year. Yeah, just over like, a year. I'm sorry. It's been over a year. It's about almost a year and a half. You know, a year and five months ish. Yep. And I don't know. My head is telling me Cat. I think Cat is the more experienced fighter. She's been in there with better competition. But the thing that Juliana does have going for her is the fact that she trains with Misha. Misha and Cat have fought. So she has that insight insight from Misha and the coaches, the coaching staff to try to formulate a game plan. I don't really care for Juliana Pena personally myself, so that's another reason why I'm leaning towards Cat. But I just think Cat has. If you've only seen Cat fight against Ronda, and you're going to base any opinion on Cat Zingano based on that, you do not know what you're talking about. I like Juliana's wrestling and jitsu she's superiority. A, I don't. She's not superior on the ground. I think over Cat. As far as jiu-jitsu goes, Kat's a very skilled jiu-jitsu practitioner. Yeah, I see a lot of skill in Pena as Pena's well. very talented. She's an extremely uh, talented fighter. I just don't really The, like the edge that I give to Kat Zingano is the experience edge. That, that's where I'm at with it, too. That you mentioned just a minute ago. She's been in, and even in quick losses or fluke, you know, fluke armbars, whatever you want to call them, awkward armbars. Mm-hmm. Even in that state, Kazangano's been in there with tougher talent than Pena has, and because of, almost be, just because of that reason alone, I would pick Cat over Pena. You know, a a nine and one record against top talent that Zingano has. Right. Um, There's an only loss coming to Ronda Rousey, which is not 
I think the sneeze that's not like she got canned by a day two rookie. Right. You know, she met the most dominant female at the time. Absolutely. And but before that, I mean, she's got wins over Misha Tate. She's got wins over most of the rest of the who's who in the bantamweight yeah. division. Where Pena hasn't he hasn't been afforded the opportunity. No, yet. no injuries, a center back, and and things like that. So I'm going to I'm going to pick Cat. I I'm staying with Cat as well. I think it's going to probably be a decision, but I'm going to go with Cat. They're both good finishers. You know, if you if you look at their decisions, they they don't go there much. No, Cat's got know? a 56 percent KO and a 33 percent sub. Yeah. And Juliana's got a 38% KO and a 50% sub, and they're both under 15% decisions. Yeah. So they like to finish. They both of them do. But that that being said, two finishers may end up going to a decision because they're not going to be able to finish right. each other. They're going to be tentative and and so. Or some making mistakes. So you and I are both going with Cat. Yeah, I'm going with Cat. Uh, agreeing with us is Jordan, Joey, and Everett, and the only one taking Juliana Pena is. Mr. Ryan Dempsey. I proved to be the one to, to beat us. Uh, you know. <laughs> damn Canadians. The poutine, I'm telling you. Blame Canada. I always blame Canada. <laughs> and the co, well, the co-main spot of the FS1 prelims, this fight's going to be fun. Number six, Johnny Big Rig at Hendricks coming, off of, coming back off that Wonder Boy loss, taking on number 12, Kevin Gastelum. Kelvin Glass. Kelvin. Kelvin. Not Kevin. Kelvin. A guy who has struggled with weight in the past. Yep, he's had he's had his issues, but since he's moved up to 170, he has... I think it's a perfect spot for him. Yeah. He's doing well. 55 is no good for him. No. Uh, he's healthier, stronger. He looks better. He has looked like a killer his last couple of fights. Um, Hendricks hasn't shown up in his last two or three fights. No. He's been out of shape. He's been no gas tank. He hasn't had that power. Mm-mm. You know, the power that made him so famous in his early part of his UFC tenure when he could knock out guys like Hunt was knocking him out with a single right. blow. Put him to yeah, sleep. That, that left hand. It's and just... he's, he's hitting it now, and, and people are, you know, they're, they're eating it, and they're not falling yeah, from it. Yeah, and they're not, he's not knocking dudes out anymore. Um, I need the, the Hendricks to show up. That showed up against a GSP. Yep. And, you know, even prior to that, someone that has, that can mangle you with a single punch. But I haven't seen that in the last few, couple few years out of Hendricks. And he blamed a lot of it on diet. Oh, I ate this kind of meat. Or, right. You know, I, I didn't, you know, I ate too much cereal instead of, you know, this. You know, just a lot of diet excuses, and that is that is no excuse. No, or, you pay for a nutritionist for a reason. Exactly. Uh, whereas on the, on the other side of that, Kelvin Gastelum has only looked better yep. each and every fight. He's only improved. He's younger. He may be stronger. He may be better. I mean, wrestling-wise, it's probably a wash. Yeah. Johnny Hendricks, hell of a wrestler. I mean, when you're, so a, when you're a four-time All-American and a two-time national champion, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to say that you're wrestling. As long as he uses it. Yeah, if he uses it. That's the problem is he hasn't been using it lately. There you go. It's hard to really use it against a guy like Wonderboy who's kicking you in the face from 17 different angles. Who's your pick for this one? I am going with the the lower-ranked Kelvin Gastelum. I am as well. <laughs> um, I haven't liked the way Johnny has shown up nope. for the last couple of years, like I said. Um, 
until he turns that around and proves me wrong. Uh, I think the younger, more hungry, uh, better shape, Calvin Gastelum pulls off what is considered to be an upset here, not in my mind. Right. But I got Gastelum. I'm, I'm taking Gastelum as well. Uh, agreeing with you and I. Oh, we got it split. Yep. Uh, Everett and and uh, Ryan are taking Gaslam. Joey and Jordan are taking Hendricks. I love you, Johnny. I really do. I've been a fan of yours for a very long time. Great going team. back to college. Yes. Get your shit together, man. Like, figure it out. Last time, I don't know, you want to try to blame it on the whole team takedown breakup thing and you're not, you know, your coaching staff, whatever. I hope you figure it out. I hope you win because I really like you a lot. And I really would like to see a third fight with you and Robbie because the first two were exciting. But, man, Kevin Kevin Gaslam is just the way he's been fighting lately, dude. I don't want to face him. No, and that's that's exactly why I'm picking him in this fight is he's shown me a lot over the last couple of years. A lot of improvement. Me too. A lot of fire. Could not agree anymore, my friend. This is a fight I am very excited about. Um, not a lot of people give a shit about the 135s. I like, like TJ uh, a lot. When we were going through with Eric about what, what fights we were most interested in, this is one I wanted to bring up. Me too. Me. I, because, I was too because yeah. this is an extreme. This is one of the last guys that has beaten TJ. I think this is uh, this fight's almost an afterthought to people, and it shouldn't be. You know, it's because of the location of it on the card. That's, yeah. And that's why I say that shouldn't be because you got number one cat, number three cat. You have two outstanding fighters. Yeah. Cha- former champion uh, and a former champion has been beaten by this guy already. Yep. I mean, there's there's so many stories to tell with these two, and they're ultimate athletes. Yeah. They're so good. This is going to be a a show stealer if they're given you know if they go out there and perform right. to what they can do. They can set the bar for everyone else in the card to see if they can jump over it. They, right. they have that ability. I'm just excited. I, I love watching TJ Dillashaw fight. I like any opportunity that I get to see TJ fight because he doesn't put on boring fights. He pushes the pace. He, his stand-up is incredible. Sunstop is, is ex- yeah. just a dangerous, dangerous dude. I mean, his, his jiu-jitsu is very top of the line. Top of the line. Top of the line. He's a great grappler. He's very confident fighting up off of his back. He's hey. very confident rolling with you. Click on TJ. I just want to see how long ago it was they fought. I know it was quite. It's a been bit. a while. It's been a while. It was long before TJ got his title. Um, but I just want want to try to go back and remember. So his last, he fought a Sun Tzu in 2013. That was his last loss before losing to Dominic. He's lost to Dodson. Dominic. Yeah, he lost to Dodson in the Ultimate Fighter finale. Uh, so this is actually his first, was his first loss technically in the UFC. Um, was against Sun Tzu, but that's three years ago, and I don't know how much. A Sun Tzu has really evolved as a fighter in comparison to what I've seen the the transformation in TJ since that loss. I mean, he's so... Yeah, the loss is 2011. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's impressive. Was it eight in a row? But he hasn't fought since 2013, 2014. Right. So he hasn't even fought in two years. His last win was over Brian Caraway. 
So, I mean, he does have big wins over guys like Brian Caraway, TJ Dillashaw, um, a lot of guys that I you know, don't even fight anymore. Yeah. So, Asunsal's last loss was to Eric Cope back in 2011, but like we said, he hasn't fought in two years. And aside from Dillashaw, he seems to be the guy that loses the big fights. I mean, Uriah Faber, Eric Cope, you know, uh, Diego Nunes. He seems to be, you know, lower, if if you're lower on the card, he's going to beat you up. If you're a superstar, he seems to kind of struggle. Yeah, because I mean, even at that time, Caraway really wasn't anybody at that point. So, so who are you going to pick in this one? I like Dillashaw. I do too. I, I don't see any reason why TJ shouldn't be able to avenge this loss. Seems like the lion's share of everyone that wants to be right is with us. And, of course, Everett picks the Sun Sal. So, if he gets this one right, it's going to be the only one we'll never hear the end of. Oh, my goodness. The Sun Sal's got the skills, man. You know. Broken watches right twice a day, Everett. Just remember that. <laughs> Just remember that. Moving into a fight I could give two shits about because I can't stand the guy. I'm glad we didn't really get too deep into this because I didn't want to piss Eric off because he is a Sage Northcutt defender. Right. And, and I mean, I can understand liking the guy. He's young. He's flashy. He's got a big career ahead of him. My whole thing has been from the jump is just too much, too soon, too fast. Stop putting this kid in my face all the time. Uh, look at my notes on him. That's the only notes I put. <laughs> I hope Mary jokes him out. <laughs> <laughs> the only notes I wrote for this fight was that I, was that I hope Enrique Mario chokes him out. He. That's it. That's all I put down. So I listened because Eric they had they had Sage on the other day on the way of the Warriors show. So I listened to the ten minute interview or so. I wanted to punch the kid through my freaking speaker because he's just. So excited, and it just he just annoys me. I want to like the kid. He's talented, but he just annoys me. He was saying that the last fight that he took, he was quite ill, battling a staph infection and, and such, and that was the effect that it had on his performance. Uh, you know, whatever. We'll find out. We'll find out. I uh, I still want to see Enrique Martin or Marin uh, choke him out. Still, that, was, that was my my full notes. I I, I couldn't agree anymore. <laughs> uh, do I think Sage is probably going to win the fight? Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Most likely. Do I care? No. No. If I if I have to make a pick, and I do because that's what we do here, um, I'm going to pick Sage. Don't necessarily want him to. Hope he gets choked out. Yeah, this is I, the one where I hope my heart is right and my head's wrong. I gotta pick Sage. Everybody basically except for Jordan is going with Mr. Good, Good for you, Jordan. Mr. North Cunt. I mean Cut. <clears throat> Sorry. Jordan is picking Enrique. Yep. Good for good for Jordan for going on all in, man. I respect that and I, I hope, hope you I this. hope you're right. I really hope you get this. I thing. hope you're right. But yeah, everyone else we're all picking Super Sage. Uh, Here yeah. we go. This is the, I think these three fights are are some of the most Fun fights on the card to me. Yeah, they're personally, really, they're really starting it off with some fun stuff. Yeah, not so, so serious. More, you know, we can go in there and have fun. Yeah, here's here's three fights of guys that you know you like, and and it's going to be fun. The featured fight on the early prelims has got the nightmare Diego Sanchez taking on Joe Lozon. Joe, I was either Joe or Diego. I don't remember which one said it. 
one of the two said, wear your ponchos in the front row. It's yeah. going to get bloody. It's going to get real bloody. Because both these guys love to bleed. Yep. And they love to make their opponents bleed. Yep. They, they, they are, they are headhunters. They're tough as nails. They're coming right at you at all times. There's... You know, you know how Diego does it. Oh, yeah. He's punched in the face once and he drops his hands, it's beats his chest and says, give me more, come more. On. It's 150 miles an hour at all times, pedal to the metal for Diego Sanchez. <laughs> Man, I know where you're going. Yeah, you got to. I'm going with Diego Sanchez. He's he's my boy. I love watching him fight. I know he's getting up there in age. I know he sometimes has a bit of an identity crisis. He doesn't know if he's a, a nightmare or, or a dream. dream. Uh, apparently he's a nightmare this time, so uh, maybe we'll see some more viciousness out of him. That's Ooh. the personality of his. Go ahead, Keith. I just happened to look on and see some news that... Uh... Joe Lozon, veteran, extremely tough. If anyone's going to go in there and take the kind of damage that Diego can put out, it's going to be someone like Joe Lozon. Uh, he's going to fight back. This isn't going to be an ass-whipping Lozon, a little better on the ground. Submission game, a little bit better. Um, maybe even more than a little bit. But his his ground game is better than Diego's. But Diego has a fire inside of him that makes me want to watch him fight and makes me want to watch him win. And that's where I'm going with Diego Sanchez. I'm going to pick Joe. I'm just going to step out on a limb, be Good. the only one to, to pick Joe. If this, fight, if this fight goes to the ground... I just think his ground game is so much more superior than Diego's. It is. Like I was saying, it's more than a notch above Diego's. He's definitely stronger on the ground. If he's dumb enough to stand up and try to go blow for blow, trade punch for punch with Diego Sanchez, he's going to be beaten and bloody by the time the second round comes to an end. But grappling-wise and on the ground... Joe's got the advantage. Oh, absolutely. Joe Lozon is not a guy you want to go down on the ground with. He's not the guy you want to be down on the ground with. Neither is the guy in the next fight. So I'm the only one going out on the limb and, yes, and taking, taking, Joe. taking Joe Lozon. Speaking of guys you don't want to be on the ground with, uh, Gegard Musasi is taking on Tiago Santos. Dude. For an early prelim fight? Yeah. Ah, oh, this is outstanding. It could be a <coughs> main card anywhere. Gegard Musasi is such an undervalued talent. Very undervalued. Yeah, they don't, I don't know why they don't see more in him, or they don't see what I see in him. He's a former champ. He is a, he's, he's an outstanding wrestler. He's an outstanding striker. He's got great stamina. He's got everything. He's got a good look. He's got everything you need. To be a top superstar, they're just not giving him the opportunity to do so. Or uh, maybe uh, he hasn't signed a contract. I don't know what the deal is. That part, you know, only Dana and the the brothers know that for real. But Gegard Musasi taking on Thiago Santos, to me, is Gegard Musasi showing, once again, his mettle and uh, how diverse and dynamic he is. Against a strong opponent that can really kick your head off. Yeah. Um, Diego Santos is no joke. No, not at all. I can't, no I can't, joke. I can't talk him up enough. He's young. He's tough. He's skilled. 
He's got every weapon to take out Musashi. I just don't think he's going to have the opportunity to use it. Right. I think Musashi's going to smother him, take him down, play Musashi's game. You're not going to be able to play Thiago's game in this fight. Musashi's going to dictate the flow, and because he's going to do that, he's going to eke out the win. Interestingly enough, uh, you and I and Ryan are the only ones taking Gegard Musashi in this fight. That's a mistake. Everybody else is picking Santos. Well, that's a mistake for them. Foolish. I mean, this guy is a potential candidate uh, to step up in the 205 championship fight. Offered to fight DC. Right and now. you guys are going to... Come on. Wait and see. Joey, what kind of Kool-Aid are you drinking with Everett? You got to watch Gegard's stuff, man. He's He's... Unbelievable talent. I expected this from Everett, but not you, Joey. <laughs> not you. So in the One more. first fight, kicking off UFC 200, will be a battle of guys that have just been around for a very long time. Oh, yeah. Former Strike Force champion, the fireball kid, Takanori Gomi, taking on longtime UFC veteran, Jim Miller. Neither one of these guys looked the most impressive in their last few fights. No, but uh, that, uh, look, look at the records that age is catching up. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got 35-11-1 for Gomi, who fought most of his career in pride. Yeah, that's where I really thought of it. I know you did, too. Oh, yeah. I loved watching Gomi fight in pride. Yes. Oh, it was, awesome. it, was, it was a great time to be a Gomi fan was during that yeah. era. And, I mean, Miller, 28-5-8-1. No, one no contest. Yeah. So, I mean, these guys have both been in some wars. Who you got? A battle of veterans. I think Jim Miller's got this one. I do too. Um, Gomi has been barely holding on to a career in the UFC. Uh, he's not been... The fireball kid of old, no. but he is older now. He's not, as, as, he's not as prime like he was in Pride. We don't see that kind of fireball kid any longer. Um, Gomi's still tough, but I think Jim, I think Jim has the ability to squeak this one out. I do too, and I think it's going to be close. Uh, it may, even, it's probably going to go down to the wire. I don't know if either one of them have it in them to finish the other person anymore. Um, maybe Jim can submit him. I was going to say, if it's going to be a finish, yeah. I think Jim will submit him. Maybe I don't Jim know can, he... but talking you know, Gomi's... He's tough to he's submit. too good. Uh, too smart. Yeah. Uh, he's seen it all. He's been there. Uh, he's done that. He's he's a veteran, so getting him on the ground, he's he's extremely slippery and can escape a lot of... This. So I, I, think, I just think it's going to go the distance to start off the show with two veterans that are, that are going to put on a, a clinic in terms of how to use basics the best. Yep. You know, back to basics is a, a term that's used often. I think these two use the fun to, the fundamentals to their advantage, and that's what we'll see with this fight. And I got Jim Miller going over. I do too, man. And what a fight to kick off this wow. awesome card. And the lines are split. With the write-ins, Jim Miller goes to Ryan and Jordan. Gomi is to Joey and Everett. Bad night for Everett. Bad night for Everett. It's always a bad night for Everett. <laughs> it's always a bad one. They couldn't get Vitor on here to get another loss so I can make fun of Everett for that. Well, that would have been fun. 
Oh yeah, I kind of I would have loved to have another Vitor loss just to make fun of Everett for. So, uh, some updated news on yeah on John Jones. So while we were recording, what's happened? Yeah, uh, well Dana went on to the Colin Cowherd show earlier today uh, to address. And according to what Dana was saying, he is alleging that John tested positive for two banned substance. Ouch. Um, it doesn't say exactly what, but it said, uh, yeah, the president was on the herd with Colin Coward today and claimed that the former light heavyweight champ John Jones tested positive for not one, but two banned substances prior to UFC 200. They basically said he's out and he tested for a banned substance, White said. Basically, for the B sample to not be the same, especially when there are two different agents, I think would be like hitting the lottery for that to come up negative. I believe him. I do too. Uh, USADA also issued a statement on the John Jones test results. Given that Mr. Jones has spoken publicly about the issue, I can confirm that he has been notified of a potential anti-doping policy violation stemming from an out-of-competition test on June 16th. Uh, This was, um, uh, what's the guy's name? Something Madden from USADA. Okay. Um, Mr. Jones' B sample is currently being analyzed by the independent WADA accredited laboratory in Salt Lake City, Utah, and we have requested that the uh, laboratory report those to us as soon as possible. While at this time we're not going to provide any further specifics on the case, I can tell you that Mr. Jones will be provided full due process under the rules. I can also confirm that USADA has been in communication with the Nevada State Athletic Commission regarding Mr. Jones' potential violation and that we are working to ensure that the commission has the necessary information to fully uh, educate this matter in accordance with the rules. That is from Bloody Elbow. This so was now posted two. This was two posted flags. just over like twice. just over an hour ago that Bloody Elbow posted this. So flagged for two different substances. If that B sample comes back and says, "Oh, we're sorry, we screwed up." I will be utterly shocked. Me too. One, maybe. Two, not so much. I can't... Yeah, the the two thing just completely throws me off. If it, if he's coming back for two... Right. That's, that's a horse of a different color, man. That's bad news. That's really bad news. So... Obviously, make sure you guys, this will be posted before uh, too long here in the evening. So be sure that you guys are checking back on our Facebook page for any breaking news. Once that B sample gets through, we'll have something for you guys news-wise. But yeah, I just well, we wanted to touch on that real quick because I actually happened to notice that story when I opened up my phone. So Yeah. There's going to be a lot of stuff over the next day or two breaking with John. I mean, they're going to be doing articles about it, even if one little shred of info that they didn't have before. It's going to be another whole new article. They're going to be re- it's going to be repetitious. Yeah. They're going to be re- repeating a lot of information that we already share, but um, it's a hot-button topic right now, and John Jones is a hot-button, a high-profile fighter who's had his, his nose in the fire a lot over the course of the last few years. Uh, and this, he's just raking the UFC over the coals again. What we get, if we get another fight, we'll post it. If not, we've broken down the card as it is now. Yep. Uh, previewed it, rather, and we'll break it down 
in a week. Yeah, but, we'll break it down, you know, how it comes out, but you know, this is what we're doing now. We're still waiting to see whether or not they make an announcement. This, I, I'm sure they're waiting for the second sample, if it's going to be announced tonight, whether yeah. it's a positive or a negative, to make the announcement on who is going to be the fighter. But uh, I just saw Anderson Silva uh, campaigning pretty hard for this fight. I hope he gets it. I hope he does, too. It would be a good... It would be good for... It would be great for us fans to get that fight, as opposed to, you know, some of the other choices that there could be. Um, I would... So, if you're, you're looking at this card and you only get to pick three fights to watch of the card... Okay. We don't get them all, but you get three... You can only watch three. Which three do you pick? I'm picking Dillashaw, Sun Sal. I'm going to take Brock and Hunt. And... Oh... Give me Eldo Frankie. No, that sucks, because those are my same three. I was torn. I'm torn. Okay. I, you, I'm keeping Dillashaw Sunsault because I love watching TJ fight always. That was, that was my, one of my first ones. Too. Lesnar is Lesnar. I'm a huge fan. I got it. You can interchange Amanda and Misha with yeah. Frankie and Eldo. For me, either one, I'm I'm excited for the fight. But the first two will never win no, for those me. Those two, yeah. Same with me. Dillashaw Sunsault, I think, is going to steal the show. And, you know, Brock is... Whenever Brock's on there, I want to see Brock win, lose, or draw. Yeah. Um, the other one is because if I look up and down at the guys that I'm the biggest fan of, Frankie's right there. Uh, Frankie's probably above that, anyone else. That was in my there. thought process you as know. well. I'm a, I love watching Frankie fight. A, a, a big fan of his. So, but you could easily just just as easily for me interchange with with Misha and Amanda Nunes because I'm very excited to see what Amanda Nunes does in this I situation. I've been been. Calling, I mean, this is the entire time we've been doing this show. I've been calling people to watch for Amanda Nunes coming up and how she should be getting should have been getting a title shot a while ago, thanks to the way of the Warrior show. Guys like that, Eric put me on to the, this woman because I would have probably passed her by a couple of years ago when he started saying, Hey, we've got this fighter, Amanda Nunes, coming through, keep an eye on her. And I started watching her, and, and the man's right. I mean, the dude knows his shit, yeah, definitely. What about uh, Fight of the Night? Fight of the night. Oh. If it goes to a decision, I think it's going to be Dillashaw Sunsaw. That's the one I want to pick. Frankie, I think Frankie, Frankie and Aldo could, could, could steal it. Yeah, could steal it. Um, I I think Frankie may end up finishing Aldo, so he could probably. That, that's probably why. I don't know. But I think I I just think TJ and the Sunsaw are going to go five or three. I mean, I'm sorry. You used to say five for TJ? I really think they're going to steal the show uh, for the fans. I think the UFC is going to look at it. Aldo and Frankie are on pay-per-view. Frankie's going to put on a hell of a performance. I think he's going to get that fight of the night. Um, Maybe Dillashaw and Sunsaw both get performance of the night. Yep. Um, I'm looking at at Edgar Aldo for fight of the night. You can't go wrong. You can't go wrong picking that fight. I... Considering the fact that I don't have my main event to call <coughs> right, anymore, which I would have picked. picked. That would have been fight yeah. tonight. Absolutely. Um, what else, anything else? Any final thoughts on UFC 200 before we wrap this night up? Uh, 
not much other than you know the, the days are getting longer because I'm anxiously mm-hmm. awaiting it. I, I really want that. I, I want it to be done. I want it to be done and over with more more so than right. Get through it because what else know, can go wrong in the right. next two fucking days? Who's not going to make weight tomorrow? Is Johnny going to make weight? Is Calvin going right. to make weight? Right, so we're gonna have. You know, um, is, is Kane gonna make it to the fight? Yeah, is Kane gonna? You know, we still got two days. Is Kane gonna bust his knee know. walking up a set of steps? Right, he uh, brought his back, bust his knee. I mean, he could. I just want to get there. That right now, my my entire goal is just you know the cats in right now. Let's get there. Let's get one more fight signed, whether it's Cormier and Anderson, whether right. it's, or somebody else. Right. Um, get one more fight on the on the card because you know it's, this is two hundred. We deserve one more fight. Exactly. Um, the one the one guarantee I can walk away from this show saying for the next two days, Mark Hunt is not going to test positive for a PED. You, you don't look that sloppy if you're no, on a PED. Well, so. he's not gonna, no. That's about the only thing we can guarantee is that Mark Hunt is not going to. He might test positive for Rocky Road. Possibly, yeah. Or cheeseburgers. A couple cheeseburgers or something, but... Although he has looked much slimmer since his return, since coming out of that retirement and spending all that time in Thailand and stuff, training with, uh... He may have taken off some fat, but he's not put put on any physique. No. You know, and that's... If he he all of a sudden popped out a six-pack, and, you know, maybe. Maybe. You know, especially if it happened, like, overnight. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he's, he's sporting those abs and... You know, he's kind of be like, all right, brother, you're doing something wrong Doing here. something right, or wrong, yeah, you're, you're doing something. You're on the gas, for sure. I'm excited as hell. Yes. I'm excited for the whole three days of fights we got going on. Yeah. You know, we, we talked last week about the cards that are coming up today and tomorrow. We said we were going to stay 100% 200-focused, but, I mean, there are good fights coming up the next few days. If you, Absolutely. If you're not excited about any of these cards, let alone all three of them, you got no business watching the sport. No, not at all. None at all. So that's going to, I think, going to wrap up this uh, UFC 200 preview show for us. I would like to, on behalf of Dave, take a moment to say thank you to Eric for taking a little time out of his busy day to uh, to speak with us. It's primetime family time when we record this show. So, you know, he was able to walk away from the family and wife and kids for a little bit. So we greatly appreciate Yeah, it, it's greatly appreciated. And make sure you guys, if you're not already listening to Way of the Warrior... Go start listening to Way of the Warrior. These guys do a phenomenal job, and I can say without that show, this show would not exist. So, thank you, Eric. Thank you, Ken, for everything you guys do. Um, make sure you go into our own Facebook page and keeping an eye out for any breaking news leading into 200, and of course, any of the results for the cards coming up into 200. We'll be back next week to break down all the action from UFC 200 along with the two fight nights that we have coming up. For David Van Bogelen, I'm Jeff Shanahan. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week.